0: You're listening to The Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling. This audiobook is brought to you by Kriti and it's narrated by Aishwarya. Chapter three Road Song of Bandalog. Here we go when flung fist in, halfway up to the jealous moon. Don't you envy our peaceful bands, don't you wish you had extra hands? Would you like if your tails were so curved in the shape of cubit bow? Now we're angry, but never mind, brother. Thy tail hangs down behind. Here we sit in branchy row, thinking of beautiful things we know, dream of deeds that we meant to do, all complete in minute or two. Something noble and wise and good, don't by Merley, wishing we could. We forget in, but never mind, brother, thy tail hangs down behind. All the talks we ever heard, uttered by bat or beast or bird, hide or fin or scale of feather jabber it quickly all together, excellent, wonderful, once again. Now we are talking just like men, let's pretend we are never mind, brother thy tile hangs down behind, this is the way a monkey kind. Then join our legging illings the pond, scrubbing through the pines, the rocket by where light and height, the wild grape swings, by the rubbish in our wake, and the noble noise wake meek. Be sure, be sure, we are going to do something splendid things. Tiger, tiger! What of the hunting? Hunter bolt? Brother, the watch was so long and cold. What of the quarter we went to kill? Brother, he crops in the jungle still. Where is the power that made your pride? Brother, it ebbs from the my flakes and sight. Where is the haste that ye hunger by? Brother, I go to my lyre to die. Now we must go back to the first tale when Mowgli left the Ulf's cave after the fight with the pack at the council rock. He went down to the ploughed lands where the village lived. But he would not stop because it was too near to the jungle and he knew that he had made at least one bad enemy at the council. So here hurry up keeping the rough road that ran down the valley and follow it at the steady jogged road for nearly 20 miles till he came to a country that did not know. The valley opened up into a great plain dotted over with rocks and cuts by ravens. At once end stood a little village and the other, the thick jungle, came down into a sweep to grazing grounds and stopped there as it could been cut off with a hoe. All over and stood there as it was been cut off with the little boys in the charge of hearth, saw the Mowgli that he shouted and ran away. Then the yellow parry dogs that hang about every Indian village barked. Mowgli walked on for he was feeling hungry and when he came to the village gate and saw the big thorn bush that was drawn up before the gate of twilight pushed to one side, Ugh, he said For he could not cross more than one such barret in his night ramble after the thing to eat. So men are afraid of the people of the jungle here also. He sat down by the gate. When a man came out, he stood up, opened his mouth, and pointed down it to show that he wanted some food. The man started and ran back up to the one street of the village, shouting for the priest, who was a big, fat man, dressed in white, with red and yellow marks on his forehead. The priest came to the gate and with him, at least a hundred people who started and talked and shouted and pointed at Mowgli. They have no manners, these menfolk, said Mowgli to himself. Only the grey ape would behave as they do. So he threw back his long hair and frowned at the crowd. What is there to be afraid of? said the priest. Look at the marks on his arms and legs. They are the bites of wolf. He is but a wolf-child run away from the jungle. Of course, in playing together, the cub had some often nibbed Mowgli harder than they intended, and there were white scars all over his arms and legs. But he would have been the last person in the world to call these bites, for he knew what real biting meant. "Ugh," said two or three women together. To be bitten by wolves? Poor child. He's a handsome boy. He has eyes like red fire. But, my honour, Mesura, he is not unlike thy boys that was taken by the tiger. Let me look, said the woman, with a heavy copper ring on her wrist and ankle, and she peered at Mowgli under the palm of her hand. Indeed, he is not. He is thinner, but he had the very look good of my boy. The prettiest was a clever man, and he knew that Messua was wife to the richest village in the place, so he looked up at the sky for a minute and said solemnly, What the jungle has taken, the jungle has restored. Take the boy into my house, my sister, and forgot not to honour the priest who sees so far into the lives of men. By the bull thought bought me, said Mowgli to himself, but all this talking is like another looking over by pack. Well, if I am a man. A man I must become. The crowd parted as the women beckoned Mowgli to a hut, where there was a red lacquered bested, a great earthen grain chest with funny raised pattern on it, half a dozen copper cooking pots, an image of Hindu god in the life alcove, and on the back was a real looking glass such as they sell as the country face. She gave him with a long drink of milk and some bread, and then she laid her hand on his head and looked into his eyes, for she thought perhaps he might so far so real Son came back from the jungle where the tiger had taken him. So she said, Natho, oh Natho, Mowgli did not show that he knew the name. Mowgli was uneasy because he had never been under a roof before. But as he looked at the thatch, he saw that he could tear it out any time if he wanted to get away, and that the window was also fascinating. What's the good of man, he said to himself at last. If he does not understand man's talk, now I am silly and I am dumb as a man would be with us in the jungle. I must speak their talk. It was not for fun that he has learned while he was with the wolves and intimate the challenge of bugs in the jungle and the grunt of little white pay. So as soon as Mesua pronounced a word Mowgli would imitate it as mostly perfectly. And before dark, he has learned the names of many things in the hut. There was a difficulty at bedtime because Mowgli would not sleep under anything that looked so like panther trap at that hunt. And when he shunned the door, he went through the window. Give him his will, said Mesua husband. Remember, he can never till now have slept on a bed. If he's indeed sent in the place of our son, he'll not run away, so Mowgli stretched himself in some long, clean grass at the edge of the field. But before he had closed his eyes, a soft grey nose poked him under the chin. "'Pew!' said grey brother. He was the elder of mother, cub. This is a poor reward for following the thirty miles. Those sweetest of words smoke and cattle altogether like a man already. "'Wake, little brother! I bring news!' Are all well in the jungle? said Mohli, hugging him. All except the bulls that were burnt with the red flower. Now listen, Shere Khan has gone away to hunt far off till his coat crows again, for he is badly signed. When he returns, he swears that he'll lay thy bones in the Wanguna. There are two words to that. I also have a little promise, but news is always good. I'm tired tonight, very tired with new things, grey brother. But bring me the news always, thou wilt not forget, though, our art of wolf. Men will not make thee forget, said Grey Bee anxiously. Never, I'll always remember that I love thee and all in our cave, but also, I'll also remember that I have been cast out of the pack, and that, though May has be casted out of another pack, men are only men, little brother, and their talk is like the talk of frogs in a pond. When I'm come down here again, I'll wait for thee in the bamboos and the edge of the grassing ground." For three months after that night, Mowgli hardly ever left the village gate. He was so busy learning the ways and customs of men. First, he had to wear a cloth around him, which annoyed him horribly. And then he had to learn about money, which he did not learn at least to understand and about ploughing of which he did not see the use. Then the little children in the village made him very angry. Luckily the law of jungle had taught him to keep his temper for in the jungle life and food depend on keeping your temper. But when they made fun of him because he would not play games of fly kites or because he mispronounced some words, only the knowledge that it was mispronounced to kill little naked cub kept him from picking them up and breaking them into two. He did not know his own strength in the least. In the jungle, he knew that he was weak compared with the beast, but in the village people said, he was as strong as bull. And Mowgli had not the fantiest idea of the difference that caste makes between man and man. When the potter's donkey slipped in the clay pot, Mowgli hauled it out of the tail and helped to stack the pots for their journey to make a market of caniwara. That was very shocking too for the potter in a low caste man, and his donkey is worse. When the priest scolded him, Mowgli threatened to put him on the donkey too, and the priest told Mesua's husband that Mowgli had better be set to work as soon as possible and the village headman told Mowgli that he had to give up some of the bullocks next day and heard them while they grassed. No one was more pleased than Mowgli. And that night, because he had appointed as a servant of village, as it was, he went off to circle that merely to the evening, and mastery perform until a great fake fire. It was the village cub and the headman and the watchman, and the Barbera, who knew all the gossip of the village, and old Belu, the village hunter, and who had a tower musket met and smoked. The monkey sagged and talked into the upper branches, and there was a hole under a platform where Cobra lived, and he had his little platform of milk where every night because he was scared. And the old man sat around the tree and talked, and pulled at the big huax till far into the night. They told wonderful tales of God and men and ghosts. And Baldua told every wonderful once of the way of beast in the jungle, till the eyes of the children sitting outside the circle bulged out of his head. Most of the tales were about animals, for the jungle was almost all the doors. The deer, the wild pig rubbed up their crops, and now and again the tiger carried off a man at twilight within the sight of village gate. Mowgli, who naturally knew something about what they were talking of, had to cover his face not to show that he was laughing, while Baldua, the tower musket across his knees, climbed off from one wonderful story to another, and Mowgli's shoulders shook. Baldua was explaining how the tiger that had carried away Mesua's son was a ghost tiger, and his body was inhibited by the ghost of wicked, old money-lender, who had died some years ago. And I know that this is true, he said, because and Das always limped from the blow that he got into a riot when his account books were burnt, and the tiger that I speak of the limb to, for the tracks of his pairs are unequal. True, true, that must be true, said the grey nodding together. Or all these tales such cowboys and moontalks, said Mowgli? That tiger limped because he was born lame as everyone know, To talk of the soul of monkey lender and a beast that never had the courage to jackal is childish talk, Buldia was speechless with surprise for a moment, and the headman stared. Ho, oh, oh, ho, it's a jungle brat, is it? said Buldia. If thou art so wise, better bring him high to the canivera, for the government has said a hundred rupees on his life. Better still, talk not when the elders speak. Mowgli rose to go. All the evening I have lain here listening. He called back of his shoulder, and expect one or twice, Baldia has said. An Indian grazing ground is all rocks and scrubs and tuslucks and little ravens, among which the herds scatter and disappear. The buffaloes generally keep to the pools and muddy places where they live walling or basking in the warm mud of ours. Mowgli drove them onto the edge of the plain where the vaninga came out of the jungle. Then he dropped from neck, trod off to a bango club, and found Grey Brother. Ha! said Grey Brother. I have waited here very many days. What's the meaning of this cattle hearing work? It is an order, said Mowgli. I am a village herd for a while. What news of Shere Khan? He has come back to this country and has waited here long time for thee. Now he has gone off again, and for the game is scarce." But he means to kill thee. Very good," said Mowgli, so long as he is away to though or one of the four brothers sit on that rock, so that I can see thee as I come out of the village. When he comes back, wait for me in the raven by the dang tree in the center of plain. We did not walk into Shere Khan's mouth. Then Mowgli picked up a shady place and lay down and slept while the buffaloes grazed around him. Herding in India is one of the laziest thing in the world. The cattle move and crunch and lie down and move on again and do not even low. They only grunt and the buffalos wear sheldom and say nothing but get down into the muddy pools one after the other and work their way into the mud till only their noises and staring shiny blue eyes row above the surface and they lie like a log. The sun makes the rock dance in the heat. And the herd children hear one kite whistling almost almost all they heard and they know nothing if they died or cow died or the kite would sweep down and the next kite miles away to see him drop or follow day after day mowgli would lead the buffalo out of their valance and day after day he would see gray brothers back a mile and halfway across a plain, and the day after day he would lie on the grass listening to the noises around him and dreaming of old days in the jungle. If Shere Khan had made a false step with his lamb paw upon the jungle by Wagyona, Mowgli was heard him in these long, still morning. At last, a day came when he did not see Grey Brothers at a single place, and he laughed and headed to the buffaloes for the raven by Dank Tree, which was all covered with golden red flowers. There sat Grey Bear every whistle of his back lifted. He had hidden for a mouth to throw thee off thy ground. He crossed the ranges last night with Tabuk, hot foot on thy trail," said the wolf panting. Mowgli frowned, I'm not afraid of Shere Khan, but Tabuk is very cunning. Have no fear," said Grey Brother, licking his lip a little. I met Tabuk in the dawn. Now he's telling all his wisdom to the kites. But he told me everything before I broke his back. Shere Khan's plan is to wait for thee at the village gate this evening, for thee and for no one else. He's lying up now. He's a big dry raven in the Wakunga. Has he eaten today, or does he aren't empty? Said Mowgli. For the answer meant life and death to him. He killed at dawn a pig, and he drank too. Remember. Khan could never fast, even for the sake of revenge. Oh fool, oh fool! What a cup, Sklav, is it? Eaten and drinken too, and he thinks that I shall wait till he has slept now. Now, where does he lies up? If there was by ten of us, we might pull him down as he lies. These buffaloes will not charge unless they wind him and cannot speak their language. Can we get behind his track? so that they may smell it. He swam far down the Vancouver to cut down off said Greybeather. Tabak told him that, I know. He would never have thought of it alone. Mowgli stood up with his finger in his mouth, thinking, the big raven of Vancouver that opens out of the plain not half a mile while from here. I can take the herd round through the jungle to the head of raven and then sweep down but he would slink out of the ford. We must block that end, grey Brother, Can thou cut the herd in two or me? Not I, perhaps, but I have brought a wiser help. Grey Brother trotted off and drowned into the hole. Then there, lifting a huge grey herd that Mowgli knew well, and the hot air was filled with most desolate cry of all the jungle, the hunting bowl of a wolf of midday. Akela! Akela! said Mowgli, clapping his hand. I must have known that, though wolves not forget me, he would have big work in hand, cut the herd in two, Akela, keep the cows and caves together, and the bulls and buffaloes by themselves. The two wolves ran. Ladies' chain fashioned in and out of the herd, which snorted and threw up his head, and separated in two clumps. In one, the cow buffaloes stood with their caves in the centre, and glared and pawed, ready if the wolf would only stay still to charge down and trample the little out of him. In the other, the bulls and the young wolf snorted and snam, but though they looked more imposing, they were much less dangerous, for they had no culls to protect. No six men could have diverted the herd so neatly. What orders, panked Akela. There are time to join again. Mowgli slipped on Ram's back. Drive the bulls away to the left, Akela. Grey brother, when we are going, hold the cows together and drive them into the foot of Raven. How far, said Grey brother, panting and snapping. Till the sides are higher than the Khan can jump, shouted Mowgli. Keep them there till we come down. The bulls let off as Akela bade and Grey brother stopped in front of the cow. They charged down on him and he ran as before the foot of the raven, and Akela downed the bulls far to the left. Well done. Another charge and they are fairly started. Careful. Now be careful, Akela. A snap too much and the bulls will charge. Hooray. This is wilder work than driving Black Bunter. didst thou think the creatures could be more swiftly? Mowgli called. I have all hunted these in too many times, gasped Akela in the dust. Shall I turn them into the jungle? Um, Turn. Swiftly turn them, Rama is mad with rage, oh, if I could only tell him, what I need of him to tell do The bulls were turned to the right this time and crashed into the standing ticket. The other here children, watching with the cattle half a mile, hurried to the village as far as they can leg could break them, crying that the buffaloes had gone mad and run away. Let them breathe, Akela, he said, holding up his hands. They had not winded him yet. Let them breathe. I must tell Shere Khan who comes, who will give him this trap. He put his hand to his mouth and shouted down the ravine. It was almost like shouting down a tunnel, and echoes jumped from rock to rock. After a long time there came back the drawling sleepy snall or full fed tiger was wakened. Who calls? said Shere Khan, and splendid peacock fluttered out of the ravine cheering. I, Mowgli cattle thief. It is time to come to the council rock. Down, hurry them down, Akela. Down, Rama, down. The herd paused for an instant at the edge of the slope. But Akela gave tongue in full hunting yell and then pitched over one after the other, just as screamer showed wraps, the sand and stones spurting around them. Once started, there was no chance of stopping and before they were fairly into the bed of raven, Rama wintered. Shere Khan and I billard ha 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 said Mowgli on his back, now thou knowest, and the torrent of blackhorn's foaming muzzle and starting ice wilder down the raven just as blowward got down into the foot time. the weaker buffaloes being shouldered out of the side of raven where they torn through the creepers, quick Akela, break them up, scatter them, or they'll be fighting one other, drive them away, Akela. Hi, Rama! Hi, 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 my children, Softly now, softly, it's all over. Akela and Gray brother ran to and fro, nibbing the buffalo's leg, and though the herd whirled one over the other, the raven again Mowgli managed him to turn Rama, and the other followed him to the valise. Shere Khan needed no more trampling; he was dead, and the kites were coming off for him already. Brother. There was a dog's death, said Mowgli, feeling for the knife he was already carried in a sheath around his neck, now that he lived with men. But he would never have shown fight. His eye will looked well on the council rock. We must get to work swiftly. A boy trained among men would never have dreamt of skinning a ten-foot tiger alone. But Mowgli knew better than anyone else how an animal skin is fitted on and how it can be taken off. But it was very hard and Mowgli slashed and tore, grunted off for an hour, while the wolves loaded off his tongue or came forward and tucked as he ordered them. Presently, a hand fell on his shoulder and looking up he was Baluda with tower musket. The children had told the village about the bullock's tamper, and Baldua went out angrily only too anxious to correct Mowgli for not taking better care of the herd, the bulls dropped out of the sight as soon as they saw the man was coming. What is this folly? said Baldia angrily. To think that though cast in skin a tiger, where did the buffalo kill him? It is the lame tiger too, and there is hundred rupees on his head. Well, 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 well overlook and then they are leading to on, and perhaps I'll give them thee the rupees of reward where I've taken the skin to the caravan He flundered with a waistcloth cloth for flint and steel, and stopped down to single Shere Khan whisper. Most native hunters always sing a tiger's whisper to prevent his ghost from haunting them. "'Ha!' Huh, said Mowgli, half to himself, as he ripped back the skin of four-palm. So though, will take the hide of Canivara for the reward, and perhaps give me one rupee. Now it's in my mind that I need the skin for my own use. He, old man, take away the fire. What talk is this to the chief hunter of the village? Thy luck and stupidity of buffalos have helped thee to this kill. The tiger has just fed, or he would have gone twenty miles by this time. Though cans cannot even skin him properly. Little beggar brat and forsooth I, Baldiya had never told me to single his whisper. Mowgli, I will not give thy to a Anna of reward, but only a very big beating. Leave the carcass. By the bull taught me, said Mowgli, who was trying to get at the shoulder. Must I be babbling on the old ape all noon? Here, Akela, this man plagues me. Baldia, who was still stooping around Shere Khan's head, found himself sprawling on the grass, with grey wolf standing over him, while Mowgli went on skinning as though he was alone in all the India. Yes, he said, between his teeth, "Thou art altogether right, Baljo, Thou wilt never give me one and of reward. There's an old war between this lame tiger and myself, a very old war, and I have won. ''Maharaj, great king,'' he said at last in the husky whisper. ''Yes,'' said Mowgli, without turning his head, chuckling a little. ''I'm an old man. I did not know that, Thou was anything more than Hertz boy. May I rise up or go away, or will thy servant tear me to pieces? Go and peace, go with thee. Only another time to be mended with my game. Let him go, Akela.'' Baldia hopped away to the village, as far as he could. Looking back over his shoulder in case Mowgli should change his something terrible. When he get to the village, he told a tale of magic and enhancement and sorcery that made the priest look very grave. Mowgli went on with his work, but it was nearly twilight before he and the wolves had drawn the great grey skin clear to the body. Now we must hide this and take the buffaloes home. Help me to hear them, Akela. They hear rounded him in the midst twilight, and they were got near to the village. Mowgli saw lights and heard the coaches and bells in the temple bowling and bangling. Half the village seemed to be waiting for him by the gate. That's because I have killed Shere Khan, he said to himself. But a shower of stone whistled upon his ear, and the villagers shouted, Sorcerer! Wolf Brat! Jungle Demon! Go away! Get hence, quickly, or the priest will turn thee into a wolf again. Shoot, Baldio! shoot! The old tower musket went on with the back, and a young buffalo bellowed in pain. More sorcily, shouted the village, He can turn bullets, Baldia that was very buffalo. Now, what is this? said Mowgli, bewildered, and as the stone flew thricker. They was not unlike the pack. These brothers of Thine, said Akela, sitting downward composedly. It's in my head that if buffalo mean anything, they would cast thee out. Wolf! Wolf's club! Go away! Shouted and priest, waving a spring of obscure Tulsi plant. Again, last time it was because I was a man. This time it's because I'm a wolf. Let us go, Akela. A woman, it was Messua ran across to the herd and cried, Oh, my son! Oh, my son! Then saw through art of sorcerer, who can turn himself into the beast at will. I do not believe, and go away, I kill thee. Balio, say thou art was wizard, but I know thou art has revenged Natho's death. Come back, Mesuva, shouted the crow. Come back, or he'll stone thee. Mowgli laughed a little shortly, ugly laugh, for a stone had hit him in the mouth. Run back, Mesuva, this is one of the foolish tales that they tell under the big tree at dusk. I had at least paid for my son's life. Farewell. Run quickly, for I shall send the herd in more swiftly than their bricks I am not wizard, Mesua. Farewell. Now, one more, Akela, he cried. Bring the herd in. The buffalo were anxious enough to get the village. They hardly scented Akela's ell, but charged through the grate like a whirlwind, scattering the crowd right and left. He turned on his heel and walking away with his lawn wolf, and he looked up at the stars, he felt happy. No more sleeping in the traps for me, Akela. Let us get Shere Khan's skin and go away. No, we will not hunt the village, for Mesuwa was kind to me. When the moon rose over the plain, making it look all milky, and horrified Village saw Mowgli with two wolves and his heels and bundle of ears thronting across the steady wolf's and heard upon the long miles like fire. Then they bagged in temple bells and blew the coaches louder than ever. And Mesua cried, and Baldia embroidered the story of his adventure in the cloud, till he ended by saying that Akela stood up on his head, hinges, and talked like a man. They have cast me out from the man mother, shouted Mowgli, but I come with the hinge of Shere Khan to keep my word. Mother wolf walked stiffly from the cave with the cub behind her. Little brother, it's well done, said a deep voice in the thicket. We were lonely in the jungle without thee, and Bahira came running to Mowgli bare feet. They climbed up the council rock together, and Mowgli spread the skin out of the flat stone where Akela used to sit, and pegged it down with the four silvers of bamboo. And Akela lay down upon it, and called the old call to the council. Look, look well, O oh wolves, exactly, has here called when Mowgli was first brought there. Ever since Akela had been deposed, the pack was been without a leader, hunting and fighting at their own pleasure, but they answered the call from habit, and some of them were lame from the traps they had fallen into, and some lived from short wounds, and some were manly from eating the bad food and were missing. But they came to the council rock, all that they left of them, and saw Shere Khan stripped hide of the rock, and the hunch clocks dangling at the end of the empty, dangling feet. It was then the Mowgli made up the song that came into his throat all by itself, and he shouted it aloud, leaping up and down on the rattling skin, and beating time with his heel till he had no breath left, while Grey Brother and Akela howled between the verses. Look well, O oh wolves, have I kept my words, said Mowgli. And the wolves bade yes, and one tattered wolf howled. Lead us again, O oh Akela, lead us again. O oh man wolf, for we be the sick, this lawless, and we would be the free people once more. Nah, purred Bahira, that may not be. When ye are fulfilled, the madness may come upon you again. Not for nothing are called ye the free people. He found for freedom and it's ours. Eat it, O wolves. Man-packed and wolf-pack has cast me out, said Mowgli. Now I'll hunt alone in the jungle. And we'll hunt with thee, said the four cubs. So Mowgli went away and hunted with the four cubs in the jungle from that day on. But he was not always alone because years afterwards he became a man and married. But that's a story for grown-ups. Mowgli's song that he sang at the council rock when he danced on Shere Khan's hide. The song of Mowgli, I, Mowgli, am singing. Let the jungle listen to the thing I have done. Shere Khan said he would kill, would kill. At the gates in the twilight, he would kill Mowgli, the frog. He ate and he drank. Drink deep, Shere Khan, wilt thou drink again. Sleep and dream of the kill. I am alone on the grazing ground, gray brother. Come to me, come to me, lone Ulf, for there's a big game of food. Bring up the great bull buffaloes, the blueskin herd, bulls with the anger eyes. Drive them to and fro as I order. Sleepest thou still, Shere Khan? Wake, awake, oh here come I, and bulls are behind. Rama, the king of buffaloes, stabbed him with his foot. Waters of Vancouver, winter went, Shere Khan. He's not Ikki to dig holes, nor Mao, the peacock, that she should fly. He's not mag the bat to hang in the branches. Little bamboos that creep together, tell me where he ran. Oh, here is he. Ah, there is he. Under the feet of Rama lies the lamb one. Up, Shere Khan, up and kill. Here is meat, break the necks of bull. Hush, he's asleep. We will not wake him, for his strength is very great. The kites have come down to see it. The black ants have come to know it. There is a great assembly in his honour. Halala, I have no cloths to wear him. The kites will see that I am naked. I am ashamed to meet all these people. Let me thy coat, Shere Khan. Let me thy gape cribbed coat, that I may go to the council rock. But the bull had bought me, I made a promise, a little promise. Only thy coat is lacking before I keep my word. With the knife, with the knife that men use, with the knife of hunter, I would stop them for my gift. Waters of Vancouver, Shere Khan's give me his coat, for the love that he bears me. Pull, grey brother, pull, Akela. Heavy is the hire of Shere Khan. The man-pack are angry. They throw stones and talk childs. My mouth is bleeding. Let me run away. Through the night, through the hot night, run swiftly with me, my brother. We will leave the lights of the village and go to the low moon. Waters of the Vancouver, the man-pack have cast me out. I did them no harm, but they were afraid of me. Why? Wolf-pack, Ye cast me out. The jungle is shut to me. The village gates are shut. Why? As man flies between the beast and birds, so fly I between the village and jungle. Why? I dance on the height of Shere Khan, but my heart is very heavy. My mouth is cut and wounded with stones from the village, but my heart is very light because I have come back to the village. Why? These two things fight together in me as the snake fly in the spring. The water comes out my eyes, yet I laugh while it falls. Why? I am two Mowglis. But the hide of Shere Khan is under my feet. All the jungle know that I have killed Shere Khan. Look, look well, ho wolves. Hey, my heart is heavy with a thing that I do not understand.